Breaking ball high in the air. Hicks ranging back at the wall, at the track. Get out of here. God, a walk-off home run for Bo Bichette. How about Dave Bo? It only took him 86 games to get to 50 career extra base hits. Add two more today. And the Blue Jays are going to win the series against the Yankees, just like they did at Yankee Stadium on a walk-off this time. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, Ryan Horvath. This is BetQL Daily. Weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Download the free Odyssey app today to watch, listen, and subscribe to the BetQL Daily podcast. You can also uh, watch the live video stream on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Let's bring in uh, Sean Zarillo to continue the Major League Baseball conversation from the Action Network. Follow him on Twitter at Sean Zarillo. Uh, underdogs all around, Sean. I mean, that's been the big story over the last couple of days and over the last couple of years. feels like one of the storylines in baseball is it's the haves versus the have-nots. But what we've seen in our small sample of a couple of weeks is uh, some of these have-nots, even if it's at a price of plus 200, they're getting home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there are 88 and 85 underdogs on the year. And if you go back 15 years, you're not going to find just betting like underdogs are favorites blind. You're not going to find a profitable trend for betting on either. But if you just bet on every underdog this year, you'd be up close to $3,000 if you're betting $100 a game. So that's a 15% return on investment. So blind, blindly betting those obviously can expect some regression in the future. But by the end of this weekend, we're going to be 10% through the Major League Baseball regular season. So uh, at some point, it's going to turn. But, you know, already 10th of the way through the calendar, uh, teams are starting to affect their playoff odds based on how they're performing so far. Uh, for the first time uh, the first- in 120 years, we have a team start the season going 0-3. And then after game one of the doubleheader yesterday, it was eight consecutive wins. And now we're at nine after sweeping the Twins. The Boston Red Sox, can you figure them out? No, not really. Um, I mean, they're kind of middle of the road in terms of the metrics that I look at, which indicate whether teams are over or underperforming, uh, like OPS of runners and scoring position, home run to fly ball rate, strand rate. Um, you know, if I see a team like the Mets who is at the bottom of the barrel in terms of getting luck in all three of those categories, it's a good indication that they're going to overperform relative to how they have thus far in the future. But the Red Sox are kind of middle on the table in all three of those. So I think they're uh, somewhat legitimate. Um, obviously still talent on the roster. And, and, you know, a lot of these teams just on paper coming into the year, it was a question of, is everything going to go right? And I think so far, a team like the Red Sox, who's pitching with Rodriguez and Eovaldi looks pretty solid. If they get Chris Dale back, obviously a huge boost for them. A team like the Angels, who everything has gone right with Otani so far. Other pieces of their roster are contributing to their success. So, I mean, it, that's just how baseball works, right? You need everybody to be pulling in the same direction. And thus far, that's happening in Boston. So unless anything changes, I think they'll continue to be competitive. Sean, I want to ask you a couple questions about the Mets and the Phillies. I'm I'm a Phillies fan. They'll go at it today. It's Zach Elfin against Jacob DeGrom. 
Talk to me about the Phillies. I know you look at a lot of advanced metrics. They got me excited early. This is like the story of my Phillies fandom life. They got me excited early, and now all they do is strike out. What do your advanced metrics tell you about the Phillies so far this season and moving forward? The Mets fans here just went on opening day and then just straight down disappointment from there. So, uh, you know, the Phillies definitely improved their bullpen from last year. That was that was the big issue. They've already gotten a couple of wins from situations in, in which their starters left in a tie game. Uh, Noah and Wheeler can continue to be top rotation arms. So anytime those guys are pitching, you're certainly going to have a good chance. But the starting pitch depth behind them is is still a concern. Uh, the defense, I think, is still the biggest concern on that team. They don't really have many average or above average defenders there. Uh, very weird situation with Adam Hazley leaving the team yesterday. He's been struggling in center field, not really sure what's going on. Brought Mickey Money Act to try to fill that hole. So they have a hole in center field that's pretty pretty glaring. Um, it's it's just a lot of average bats and and average you know slightly above average players. Harper isn't the superstar that we once thought he was. I don't really know if he's going to live up to that giant contract that he got. Hopkins never really fulfilled his potential after just dominating his rookie year. So it's a lot of strange parts. I, I don't think that they're a bad team by any means. I think they're going to continue to play five hundred baseball, maybe get up to that eighty four eighty five win range. But it's it's really going to be tough in this division because it's the toughest division of baseball. The Braves have underachieved so far. I think the Mets are not only good, but they're potentially the best team in the division by a wide margin. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not too much concern with the Phillies. It's concerned with what else is around them in that division. The Marlins are very competitive as well. It's, it's going to be hard for multiple teams to make the playoffs if everybody's beating up on each other. And that's probably going to be the case going forward. I, I just see a lot of teams who are going to finish in that 77 to 85 win range as opposed to, you know, like Joe said, the haves and the have nots. So what about, Sean, speaking of the Mets, you know, these stats with DeGrom and the lack of run support and his one loss record, do you put any stock in one loss record? Because people do. Like when you talk about Cy Young and stuff like that, you know, what, right or wrong, it matters when people are voting for those sort of things. But what the Mets have done to DeGrom seems criminal. It's almost uncanny at this point. Like, it, you, you have to think that there is causation rather than correlation. Um, you know, it's I don't know if the Mets hitters are, like, taking a slight mental day off when he's on the mound because they feel like they don't have to do as much. There, there has to be something at some point because if you go based off of game score, Mike Petriello put in a really good tweet on this. 333 pitchers ever have had 100 game scores, 100 games with a game score 60-plus, and only one guy has been more unlucky than Jason, Jacob DeGrom. That was Jose De Leon, who was a really good pitcher back in the day. But it's it's unbelievable at this point that, like, 48% of those games where he's had a game score of greater than 60, he hasn't won, won the game or he's gotten a no decision or a loss. Um, so, yeah, like you mentioned, obviously Cy Young voters put a ton of stock in a one-loss record. I think over the years they've become much more inclined to use the advanced metrics that they have in front of them, you know, expected FIP, expected ERA, stuff like that to make their determinations. But it does get factored into a degree still. Uh, and if you're looking at a guy like Corbin Burns, he's yet to walk a hitter through three starts and looks absolutely incredible, he's going to be around at the end. Um, so there's there's a few arms in the NL who I think have a chance to stay within range of the ground. You just really need that consistency over the course of 30 starts 
to get there. But yeah, I mean, we really have to like evaluate this mess thing with the ground going forward because if they're going to continue to just not support him with runs, we're going to have to figure out the causation of why. Uh, because at some point, you need to just throw out the fact that it it is variance in a small sample. It, it looks like it's becoming a thing, which is scary. John, you brought up the Braves. How concerned should we be if you're a Braves fan or if you have a Braves World Series future ticket? Again, it's a short sample size. It's early in the season, but they're 4-8. and eight. Do you expect them to get right? Yeah, we do at some point. Uh, we haven't seen Soroka yet, so that, that would be a big boost to the rotation if he's able to come back healthy. Ian Anderson today is certainly one to watch. He was so effective for them in the playoffs last year. He means a lot to their rotation depth and quality. Uh, Reed was pretty awful the other day as well. So once their arms get right, I think they'll be fine. Um, they've really had to burn their bullpen out these past few games, which is concerning going forward just for like the next week or so until you're able to get like a complete game or two from, you know, your rotation or just find ways to get linked out of your rotation so that you're not burning multiple relievers every single night. That's going to take a cumulative damage eventually. Uh, they're batting average on balls in play. They have one of the lowest in the league. The Cubs are like hilarious. The Cubs are hitting 198 on balls in play. Uh, so that's, that's obviously going to be <laughs> expected positive regression going forward. The Braves are at 257. Um, so that should be closer to 300. So there's some indicators that they've been getting a little bit unlucky today. Um, but yeah, I mean, their, their offense is tremendous. Like on paper, this is the team I was most afraid of with my Mets futures prior to the year. And I think it remains that way. So I, I would expect that Landon eventually fight it going forward. Yeah, I'm hoping they get right, just not today against the Marlins, hopefully. Uh, 12 games today. Where do you see value? What do you like today in Major League Baseball? Today, uh, I've had like close to 14 or 15 bets the past few days. Um, I really like Oakland today. I know Detroit's been red hot. But in order to get through that series in Houston, they had to burn their two relievers three out of the past four days. They, they used some on Sunday as well. Uh, they used one guy back-to-back. They had another guy got two and three. So pretty much everybody in their bullpen has pitched twice in the past three days, um, which is really concerning for the late innings. Eric Scoogle lost a ton of rotations per minute. RPM is off of his fastball relative to last year. So if that holds up, uh, he's going to be very hittable. Uh, probably might be a better prospect in scout size than Casey Mize, potentially. He ended up passing on the prospect list at some point. But I think Oakland with Manaya, Manaya's metrics are – despite how he performed in his first two starts, actually pretty positive. He gained a couple miles an hour on his fastball velocity relative to last year. And they hit lefties pretty well, Oakland. Uh, they're like sixth in WRC plus against lefties over the past few years. So I think a lot of stuff lines up for Oakland in the first game of the series. I mean, they're lying closer to minus 200. You can bet them up to minus 170 or so. And then the Diamondbacks and the Nationals, pretty concerned with Patrick Corbin. We saw Steven Strasburg get trotted out there. His velocity is way down. Got absolutely rocked by the Cardinals. Corbin has some concerning signs as well. He's also become more of a two-pitch pitcher. Trying to mix in a cutter, but it hasn't really been that effective. Uh, so I think the the Diamondbacks are pretty live in that game. I like the first five and full game down in about plus 140. And then I like the over first five and full game there as well. And then also the over, you mentioned uh, Miami. Talked about the Braves pitching hasn't really come together. I like the over there again. I've been on the over in Atlanta for the past few days. It's kind of an underrated hitters park on trust. Park factor is close to like 6 to 7% above average. Doesn't really get the credit for it. I feel like the lines come in expecting it to be more of a neutral park a lot of the time. So a bunch of overs today, that one dog and the one shock. Uh, but we're keeping things relatively simple on my end. 
All right, I like it. Sean Zarillo, at Sean Zarillo on Twitter from the Action Network. Great stuff on Major League Baseball. I'll talk again, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Good All right, there's uh, there's Sean Zarillo. He agreed on Arizona, right? That was a big agreement. And then uh, a couple other overs. The over in the Marlins game, which I also like today. I like uh, Florida, and then I like the over in that one. All right. I mean, Acuna. I asked uh, John Heyman yesterday if he's the best player in the National League. Maybe we should say Major League Baseball now. My goodness, two more homers last night. Been ridiculous. He's uh, your leader in the clubhouse for NL MVP. NFL draft props next. How to bet it. Ross Tucker's in the house. I'm Joe Ostrowski with Ryan Horvat. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network.